We're in 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Appreciate everybody being here. The last couple of classes we talked about verses 8 through 11 and we uh, dealt with the law, the Old Testament law and how it's, it's beneficial if a man uses it lawfully and even the New Testament law. Uh, law is only good if you use it in the right way. Hopefully we dealt with that to where everybody understands it. The, verse 11 we'll read to kind of get, we talked about it last week, but it gets us in our uh, the mind that we need to be in to get to verses 12. We're going to talk about today verses 12 through 17. Apostle Paul, he said, verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. He is thankful to God that God trusted him enough uh, to be a preacher of the gospel. He understood what an awesome responsibility that was. And he goes into verse 12, and it's, a prayer, I guess you would say, talking or praising God for all that he did for him. The Apostle Paul had a lot to overcome in his life. Uh, there was a lot of things in his life that he wasn't proud of, and he's going to bring those up. He's going to talk about how God used him uh, to be what he was. He says, verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever. Amen. A whole lot of meat in those few verses, and hopefully we will bring that out today. He begins by thanking Christ Jesus who enabled Him. He understood that he by himself, he, he couldn't do it by himself. He is the one that said in Philippians 4 verse 13 that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. He understood that everything he ever accomplished, the person that he was is because Jesus Christ enabled him to do that. Gave him the ability. I recognize the same thing in my life and I hope each of you recognize the same thing in your life. Jesus Christ is the reason Paul is called an apostle. And he, he understood that. He, he was not ashamed of that. He could have gloried, and he said that many times in all of his different writings. He could have gloried in a lot of things. He had some amazing abilities. He established who knows how many congregations. There's no telling how many people he converted because of his preaching. And he could have gloried in all of that. He could have been arrogant. He could have been prideful and lifted up. He could have fought himself more than he was, but he didn't do that. He understood that Jesus Christ enabled him. He enabled him to be an apostle. One of the qualifications in order to be an apostle is you had to see the Lord. Well, didn't the Lord give him that opportunity on the road? 
He gave him the opportunity. Nobody else did. He, he couldn't have been an apostle if the Lord had not given him uh, the opportunity. Jesus Christ selected him. He selected him to be an apostle. Jesus told Ananias in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, go and you, you talk to him. He is a chosen vessel of mine. I have handpicked this guy because he knew who he was. He knew what he could do. He knew all of his capabilities. He knew what he was going to put within him. He selected him to be an apostle. We know that, that Jesus enabled him to be an apostle because Paul had to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I can stand up here and, and say I know when that happened, but I don't know exactly when it happened. But I know that it had to have happened. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 11-13, through 13, he tells us that he had those abilities. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul told Timothy to, to stir up the gift that was within Timothy that he received through the laying on of Paul's hands. So Paul, like the other apostles in Acts chapter 8, verse 18, he had the ability to pass the gift on of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus Christ apparently enabled him to be an apostle by giving him the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But Paul realized and understood that all of those things were from Jesus Christ. He was thankful that Jesus counted him faithful. Counted me faithful. Does that mean that that Paul was faithful before he was called to be an apostle? No. But Jesus trusted him. Jesus knew the, the zeal that he had. Could anybody surpass Paul's zeal as far as, as being a, a Pharisee, a person that was under the law of Moses? No, he even said himself. He named all of his qualifications, if you will, in several different times in his appeals uh, before people. And he said, I, I, I excelled above all of these other people. He was zealous. Everything that he did, he did with all of his heart. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10, the Bible says, Whatsoever thy hands find to do, do it with all thy might. Paul lived by that. His hands found to, to persecute the church, and he did it with all his might. Jesus knew that. And he counted him faithful. He trusted him. He put him into the ministry. Jesus put him there. And I want you to remember, not everybody wanted him there, did they? And in Acts chapter 9, when, when Jesus spoke to Ananias and he says, I want you to go into the city and, and you talk to this guy, what did Ananias say? No. I, now, Lord, you don't understand. You don't know who this is. The Lord put him there. The Lord had a plan for him. Even after he was converted, he was baptized. His sins were washed away. He began to preach. What did the church think about him? No. We don't want anything to do with this guy. And you remember Barnabas had to go and, and speak on his behalf. He understood Jesus put him in the ministry. It wasn't that, that by popular vote he was brought in. and No, it was because Jesus had a plan for him. And he's recognizing that and he, and he wants us to understand that. He says he put me in the ministry. The word minister simply means to serve. In Romans chapter 1 verse 1, Paul calls himself a bond servant. He realizes that he belongs to Christ. And everything that he has is Christ. He is showing his humility here. Again, he could have been an arrogant man. And, and maybe it seems from time to time when we study about Paul that, that maybe he struggled with that just a little bit of keeping himself humble, but he disciplined his body daily. Remember 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27? Kept himself in check. And he's telling us here, he put me as a servant. 
and put me in his army as a servant. He goes on to say, although, he says, although I was formerly a blasphemer. I want you to think about that just a second. The Apostle Paul was maybe the greatest preacher we read about other than Jesus Christ. And he says, formerly I was a blasphemer. Blasphemer means to use speech that caused injury to others. Paul made it his mission in life to go against Jesus of Nazareth. That was his mission. And I want you to think about this when, uh, when it comes to him being a Christian. You think this man dealt with some guilt? We don't even got into everything they did. You think he dealt with guilt? Let me ask you this. Anybody in this room, have you ever dealt with guilt? Absolutely, she says. I, me too. You know, listen, I know that I've been forgiven of all the things that I've done, but does that change the fact that I don't still deal with guilt? It doesn't change that, does it? Do you think, Paul, how many times do we read over and over he talks about this very thing? All the bad things that he did, he dealt with guilt. That, that's impossible to overcome. Although you know that, that, that Jesus has forgiven you, although you know that you have a home in heaven, when you look back, sometimes the guilt gets to you. Well, let's look at another facet of this. Has any of your brothers and sisters in Christ ever not let you live down that guilt? Don't people bring it up to you from time to time? Don't you think the same thing happened to Paul? You know, maybe he goes to a, to a new city and he's beginning to preach and, and, and maybe he preaches there and maybe he's at Ephesus for three years and you think some people got upset at him about different things? And you may think maybe that it's possible that they wanted to throw some of that old stuff up in his face from time to time? Yeah, that happens in the church all the time. Sometimes we can't get past our guilt because other people won't let us. Maybe the same thing was happening to him. Maybe people continuously wanted to talk about it. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I know that happens today. So more than likely it happened then too. Listen to what Paul said. He said, I was a blasphemer. I spoke evil of Jesus. He said, I was a persecutor. A persecutor is one that pursues with intentions of harassment or even worse, beatings or, or, or death. But a persecutor is someone that he makes it his mission. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to go after you. It's not that just if I happen to run into you. It's I'm going to go after you. I, I'm going to get you. I'm going to do whatever I can to, to beat you down and cause you to stop doing what it is that you're doing. He says, I was an insolent man. Insolent. Brother Wayne Jackson says, insolent means arrogant sadism. Don't you think about that? Arrogant sadism. You, are per, you, are, you are have evil thoughts within you. You find it joyous to bring pain on others. Say, man, that is, that is horrible. The Apostle Paul said, I found joy in bringing harm to other people. And he did, didn't he? That was his mission in life. In, in fact, let's just think back to, to some of these things that Paul did. He, when you get to Acts chapter 6, you, you're introduced to a man named Stephen. Stephen was, was chosen to be one of the first seven deacons, if you will, Stephen was a man full of faith, and the Bible says full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was a marvelous preacher. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, they were not able to resist 
the spirit with which he spoke. Man, he could present a lesson and people couldn't even argue with the lesson. Well, the people didn't like that, right? So they set up a council against him. And the people that, that set up a council against him, some of the people the Bible says were from Cilicia that set up this council against him. Saul was from Tarsus, right? And Tarsus is in Cilicia. So who was set up as a council against Stephen all the way maybe in Acts chapter 6? Well, that's Saul. And in Acts chapter 6, what they did is, is they made up lies. They accused Stephen of blaspheming. They hired false witnesses to go in and, and, and to speak all of these things against him. They hatched a plan to destroy him. And even when you get to Acts chapter 7, they eventually stoned the man and then were introduced to, to Saul. Saul's been there all along. He was a part of all of that that happened to Stephen. Acts chapter 8 opens up and the first verse says, Saul wreaked havoc of the church wreaked havoc up until this point man the church is unified the people are pleased i want you to think about this the people just the general population loved the church until acts chapter 7 you realize that there's not a problem with the general population acts 2 verse 47 praising god and having favor with all the people the lord added to the church daily such as should be saved People love the church. Acts chapter 4, the people love the church. Acts chapter 5, the people. Now listen, you got some of the rulers, the Jewish rulers, they didn't like it, but the people love the church. The people love the church until they stirred up the people against Stephen in Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. And one of the chiefs in all of that was the Apostle Paul. He was a person that, that again, made it his mission. He caused the church to have to be split up and he was a missionary before his time because the church split up and everybody went their separate ways. And as they did, they began to convert people. But look at the problems that he caused the church. And don't you think he felt that enormous guilt? He said, I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. He says, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Does that mean the Apostle Paul, everything was okay because he was ignorant? It doesn't mean it was okay because he was ignorant. It means God allowed him uh, time to fix this problem. He said, I was ignorant in unbelief. Had he never heard? Had he never heard about Jesus Christ? Yes, he had heard. When you get to Acts chapter 9 and Jesus speaks to him, he's on the road there and and he says, why are you persecuting me? And oh, what are you, who are you? What are you doing? Jesus tells him at one point, he said, you're kicking against the pricks. He says, you're, you're pushing back against the pricks. What, what, what pricks us? In Acts chapter 2, what pricked the people? Well, the gospel did. Had Saul heard the gospel? He heard the gospel in Acts chapter 7, didn't he? He was there when Stephen is preaching this message, and man, Stephen lays out a, a masterful message. Saul of Tarsus was there, and he had heard that message. He didn't believe that message. He's kicking against the prick of his heart. Remember, people, they accept the message in one or two ways. Acts chapter 2, they received it and they obeyed it. Acts chapter 7, they heard it and they knew what it meant, but they stopped their ears up. They didn't want to hear it. 
Saul was part of that. He said, but yet God was merciful to me. God was merciful. But he became faithful when Ananias went in and told him, told him all the things that he needed to do. And then his faith was through hearing the Word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. All right, verse 14. He says, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you something. Who do you think appreciates grace more? Now, think about this for just a second. In my past, I have encountered people that I've tried to talk to about becoming a Christian. And some of these people that I've talked to, I have made this statement. Listen, if you will become a Christian, you're not going to have to change a lot in your life. You're already a good moral person. You already, maybe you're a believer in God. You make good decisions. You do. Who do you think appreciates grace more? That person or somebody like Saul of Tarsus? Consider that a moment. This person's a good person. They've lived a moral life. Maybe they're not a New Testament Christian, but, but they've lived a good life. They don't do bad things. But then you've got Saul of Tarsus over here. He has killed Christians. He had caused other people to blaspheme. He has beaten them, locked them up. He has caused every sort of problem imaginable for the church. Which one appreciates grace more? Well, Saul does, right? Romans chapter 5, 20 and 21, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Well, Saul had a lot more sin. So therefore, he appreciated grace all the more. Brethren, we need to appreciate grace in the same way. We need to appreciate the grace and the mercy of God. He received that grace in Acts 22 verse 16. When Ananias says, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Every one of those blasphemous words that he had spoken, every time he had hurt someone and, and done all of these evil things, at the point of his immersion in water, Ananias told him, when you're baptized, your sins are, are cleansed. They're removed. Blood has covered them and, and they're no more. Don't you think he had rehearsed that over and over in his mind? That point that all of that wicked past that he had had was erased. You'd appreciate grace if you'd lived that life. Some of the best Christian people I know are people that have a rough past, really rough past, and they appreciate it. And they appreciate the fact that they've been forgiven, given a second chance. And I believe the Apostle Paul is telling us the same thing about him. He goes on to say, faith and love are in Christ Jesus. Everything that is anything that is worth anything in this life is in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1 verse 3, is in Christ. Faith and love most definitely is. And his faith and love had grown in Christ. He goes on to say, verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. A faithful saying is mentioned five times. In the book of First and Second Timothy and Titus and Paul's writing, and, and what it means is this is a statement that is assuredly true. This is a statement that can be depended on. Sometimes we talk to each other, and, and before we tell what we're going to tell, we, you know, we will say something to to let the person know this is this is the absolute truth. Whatever it is that you may say to get that point across, he says this statement I'm about to make is worthy of all acceptance. This statement is going to be complete. It's going to exclude all doubt. 
This statement that I'm about to make deserves to be heard and believed. That's what he's saying. What I'm about to tell you, you need to understand this. Because Paul saying this means a lot. He says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. We already said if, if someone has a lot to be forgiven of, grace means all the more to that person. And I think the Apostle Paul is telling us right here how much it means to him. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That was what he's here for, right? Luke 19, verse 10, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's what he told the, the household of Zacchaeus there in Luke chapter 19. He said, that, that's why I came. He says, that I came in the book of Mark. I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. He, he says, that is my purpose in being here. He said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, Paul said that God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Acts 4 verse 12 said, There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, except that one name, Jesus. Jesus Christ, Paul says, came into the world to save sinners, and He made it His mission to tell everybody that. That's what it's about. That, that's why He came. That's what He's here to do. Paul says, He came to save sinners. He says, In whom I am chief. And we already talked about the fact of how much guilt that he felt. He's showing that guilt, isn't he? He's showing that humility. Romans 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned and, and come short of the glory of God. And, and Paul knew that because he's the one that, that wrote Romans 3 verse 23. Everybody has sinned, but he felt himself to be the worst of the worst. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you if you had done the things that he had done? Wouldn't you feel like maybe... You were the worst of the worst. I think he's being honest with himself. Sometimes we are very dishonest with ourselves, and that starts with me. Sometimes I'm dishonest with myself, and sometimes we think, you know, we're really not that bad. And sometimes it's almost to the point in our lives that, you know, we can almost be good enough. Paul knew he could never be good enough. He knew he could never repay the things that he had done. He was the church's number one enemy. And I want you to think about the fact that he did all of this when the church was in her infancy. Now, if Saul had attacked the church the same way today, would it have had the same repercussions? The church is spread all over the whole world today, right? So he couldn't have had as much success today. But I want you to think about it. The church was limited in its scope all the way up through Acts chapter 8. The church was in a, in a small area. And the church was, like I said, in its infant stage. It wasn't a, a mature establishment. That's not what it was at this time. And that's when Saul was attacking it. And he knew that. And you know, he still felt sorrowful for all of that. Jesus begins the Beatitudes with, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Number two, he says, blessed are they that mourn. And we'll look at that sometime, but, but he's building how to be a Christian. First thing he says you've got to do is be poor in spirit. You've got to realize what you are. You've got to realize the condition of yourself apart from Jesus Christ, and you've got to mourn about it. You've got to mourn about it. And that's exactly what he's doing. He still feels godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 9, and 10. He still feels that godly sorrow, 
he's not the worst sinner in the world, but in his mind, in his mind, he knew how much he needed God's grace. Go to verse 16. He says, For however, for this reason, I obtained mercy. For what reason? Because Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. If Jesus came to save sinners, then, then that's the reason Paul uh, obtained mercy. He says that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering. In me first. I want you to picture this. Paul is exposing all of this to us to get us to understand. How many people in your life have you ever encountered and they, they maybe say, I, you just don't know what I've done. I've just done too many bad things and, and God can never forgive me and, and they go on and on with these excuses and maybe in your life you've felt that way from time to time. Listen, Paul is saying if God can forgive me, If God can be long-suffering with me, look what I did. Look what I did. In Acts chapter 26, verse 9, he says, I verily thought within myself to do many things contrary to Jesus of Nazareth. Acts 23, verse 1, he says, I did it in all good conscience. I did what I thought was right. And in all of these horrible things, it caused all of these problems. And he says, if Jesus can forgive me, he can forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done. You just got to come to him and do what he says. Also, I believe that he's saying that Jesus is going to show all long suffering in him first. Jesus is going to use him in his life to be an example for us. You know, Paul, he dished it out in his life against Jesus, but could he also take it? He suffered maybe more for Jesus than any other man that's ever walked the face of the earth. He was willing to dish it out against him but he could also take it. You see, he says, Jesus showed all long-suffering in him as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Paul says, I'm a pattern. You want to know how to become a Christian? He says, study my life. You want to study my life? He says, you will see that you've got to lay that sin behind. You've got to obey the gospel. And once you become a Christian, you've got to live it with all of your might. And that's what Paul did, didn't he? He says, I'm a pattern. And God is using me for that very thing. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 12, Abraham was a pattern. We're to follow in the steps of Abraham. All of these people that are revealed to us, they are patterns to show us what to do or, or what not to do as a child of God. Paul says, I'm a pattern. We've got to suffer sometimes with Christ. And Paul shows us that. And he's not ashamed of it. One more verse, our time is up. He says, now to the king... Eternal Jesus is indeed our King, right? He's the King. Is He eternal? Absolutely. No beginning and no end. Immortal? Is He ever going to die? No, He's eternal and there's no end. Every King that they've ever known, though, has died. Says Jesus is not. He's invisible. Don talked about that this morning. The invisible attributes are clearly seen. Romans 1, verse 20. No man has ever seen God. He's invisible. He alone. He's the only God. Beside Him, there is no God. He alone is wise. He's omniscient. He has all knowledge. He has all understanding. God says, be honor and glory forever. He is indeed deserving of that. I appreciate your attention this morning. Our time is up.